0: Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness... To be tempted by the devil. He fasted for forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So again, welcome to the season of Lent. Now, I was supposed to say that on Wednesday, but here we are. The message of Ash Wednesday still applies a week later, and I hope that You'll join us on Wednesday over at Living Hope. This week's forecast looks much better than last week's. So we'll have the same service we were going to have here. We'll have it over at Living Hope um, on Wednesday with soup supper at 6, service at 7, Ash Wednesday. And I really hope you'll all come. It's, as I've said several times, my favorite service of the year. On Sundays during Lent, we're exploring a theme of seeking. And so each week we'll engage with a question. From our scripture readings, with the hope that honestly tackling questions, God can work through that to deepen our faith. So, this week's question is Who will you listen to? Maybe get that theme a little bit in some of the music and the prayers and the readings today. These readings give us the opportunity today to explore a topic, in addition to listening, to explore a topic that I don't think I have talked about at all yet here. Who is excited for a sermon about the devil? I don't know about you, but I do not spend a whole lot of time talking about the devil. I just don't, I'm not interested in spending much time thinking about Satan, which I think is probably healthy, right? But every time that I do a baptism, I meet beforehand with the person being baptized or with their parents, and we go through what happens in the baptism service, what we're doing. And one section of the service in the Lutheran tradition is called the renunciations. And in the green hymnal that I grew up with, the wording is, do you renounce, do you say no to, do you renounce all the forces of evil, the devil, and all his empty promises? And our newer hymnal takes that language and expands it to talk about renouncing all the powers of this world that rebel against God, renouncing the ways of sin that draw you away from God. But it still asks, Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? And so far in my experience, no one has gotten very hung up on that question. I've even joked with a few people when we're meeting beforehand, I don't know what I'm going to do if you say no, or if you answer yes, I I refuse to renounce them. Renouncing the devil, saying that you're not a Satan worshiper, that kind of seems like such a low bar for Christians, right? I just assume the answer will be yes. Yes, I renounce them. But as we read this week's lessons, I wonder if I'm sometimes too flippant, too casual about this question. Because as I've thought about how the devil works, how the forces of evil go about their business of drawing us away from God, it is not so easy and simple to just offhandedly reject evil. And not all Christians believe in a personal devil named Satan active in the world. That's okay. It's not a very healthy subject to explore too deeply, right? In fact, the Bible itself is not nearly as clear on it as we might think. And the first time in Scripture that we hear about Satan is in that first reading from Genesis when the devil tempts Eve to eat the apple and commit the first sin, right? So that's not actually what we heard or read, it's actually just a serpent in the story, a snake. And there's nothing there about the, de- the devil or the word Satan. That is us reading into the text and being influenced by centuries of artwork. It's not what the Bible actually says. I think it's implied, but it's not actually what Scripture says. And for that matter, it also says nothing about an apple. just says a fruit. But whether or not you believe in a personal devil as a character, I think that we all do have to believe in the power of evil, the power of evil in this world, because both the Bible and our own experience make it clear there is evil at work in this world. And the work of evil, the work of the devil as personified in Scripture, is always to draw us away from God. The devil's temptations are always lies and empty promises. In John 8, Jesus refers to the devil as the father of lies. It says, He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Later, Paul in 1 Thessalonians 3 talks about the tempter, Revelation 12 calls Satan the deceiver of the whole world. And so we must constantly ask, who will we listen to? The empty promises of the father of lies or the voice of God, our creator, the voice of Jesus, our redeemer, the voice of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts? The devil's work is always calling us away from God. But I think that the lies and the temptations through which he does that work in sort of two different directions. And often these are at the same time. So first, there's the temptation for us to take the place of God. It's not usually so obvious as denying that God exists, but more by flattering us into thinking that, yeah, God's out there, but I don't really need God's help. Thinking that we can do it on our own if we just Try hard enough and work together. Teamwork, right? Right, Lily? Teamwork. Thinking that we know better than God. So that's Adam and Eve's temptation. Stop trusting God for life and start trusting yourself. Listen to yourself. Don't listen to God. You can do it on your own. You can decide right from wrong. You can be the one in control. You will be like God, says the serpent that is a tempting voice to listen to, right? It is human nature to want to be in charge. I have a toddler who is fond of saying that he will do something himself, and then he gets really upset when you try to help him, even if it is something he literally cannot do on his own. It is a powerful temptation to be told that you can be the one in control, you can be in charge. And our world wants to work like this, We are afraid of giving up independence, not being able to do what we want to do, insisting on maintaining our rights and our liberties. How many politicians are elected by scaring people into thinking that they're under attack, that your freedoms, your control is being threatened, and so you better vote me into office and give me some control so you don't lose yours? Sometimes the tempter even quotes Scripture to us, like he does to Jesus, wrapping up the lies in religious-sounding language. The promises in Scripture are always true, but we need to understand individual verses, individual little bits in the context of the whole, because you can cherry-pick verses from the Bible to say anything you want to. You can read, my favorite one is Psalm 10, verse 4. You can learn the Bible says, and I quote, "...there is no God." You really should read more of the verse, the part where it says, The wicked say, God will seek you out, and all their thoughts are, there is no God. The wicked denying God in Scripture are not meant as a role model for us to follow. God promises to be with us and protect us. But that does not mean we should be jumping off buildings in faith that God will catch us, like Satan tells Jesus to do. Really, that's just another way of you and me trying to be in charge, trying to manipulate God into acting the way that we want God to act. Faith is about giving up control, not a tool for gaining power. And the counter to that temptation is Lenten humility the call to repentance, the call to return to the Lord your God, the one who is gracious and merciful and gives us life. It's the message that we'll hear on Ash Wednesday. Here's a little preview. No matter how hard we try to get control on our own, we cannot make ourselves live forever. Adam and Eve cannot stay in paradise on their own. You and I are mortal beings created by God from dust. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Choose to listen to God rather than Satan's empty flattery. So that's one temptation. The other temptation from Satan is to believe not that we are in charge, but to believe the opposite, to believe that you and I are worthless, that we are only dust and nothing more. Satan tempts us to believe that we are not enough. To Jesus, he says, if you really are the Son of God, do this. He questions his identity. He says, take advantage of your position, do some flashy magic, and then everyone will appreciate you. The whole world will worship you. Then you'll really matter. Satan works in Scripture by telling lies and half-truths. By praying, P-R-E-Y, praying, not P-R-A-Y, praying on our fears and our insecurities, inviting us to question our identity. And to that, God says, you are my beloved. We go back to baptism, to the moment we can point to when God claimed you as God's own child. When Satan says, you are lacking, God says, no you are my beloved, you are loved, you are set free. Jesus' temptation in Scripture that we just read, his temptations in the wilderness come right after his own baptism, right after that moment when the heavens opened up and he heard God's voice declare, you are my son, the beloved. I wonder how often in the wilderness when he was tempted did Jesus return to that promise. And I think Satan works Today, often through the commercial messages of our society, buy this and then you'll be happy. Never gone on a cruise? You're missing out. Your life is lacking. You're not good enough, but if you buy this diet, then people will like you and your life will have meaning. Those are empty promises. Any message, even the ones that are wrapped up in religious-sounding language, any message that says, if you do this, God will start to love you. Or if you do this, well, then God can't love you anymore. Any message that accuses you of being so broken that you are beyond redemption is a lie from Satan. Do not listen to any message that says your life is a waste and you should be ashamed of who you are. Listen to the voice of truth. You and I are made in God's image. We bear the image of our Creator. You are redeemed by Jesus. Your identity is found in who God says you are. And Jesus sees you as valuable, beloved, worthy of laying his life down for you. In this season, we seek to hear the truth of how God sees us. And we return to the one who is gracious and merciful. Amidst all of this world's lies, both the lies that tell you you are the center of the universe and the world revolves around you, and also the lies that you are not enough, listen instead for the truth of how God sees you. You are beloved. You are loved. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaukee County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.